Yo, people, welcome to Brandpreneur, a platform that inspires the action needed to build a disruptive brand and impact the universe. I'm Matt Thorne, aka Sketchy Media. And I'm Phil Kemish, aka Phil Kemish. And Branchpreneur is a platform for you. If you're looking to build a brand, if you're launching a startup, if you just want some inspiration from some of the best brand builders out there, then stay tuned. Yeah, every week we're going to unveil the tips and tricks from the people that have been there and done it. So hit that subscribe button and smash that notification bell if that is something that you are into. And on this week, I am gassed because we have an incredible guest. He reminds me of something from like Smooth Jazz FM. His voice is just... <laughs> Take me to sleep. Hey. He's got brilliant tones, but underneath those brilliant tones is an endless pit of knowledge that everybody can learn something he's, from. He's one of the most intelligent, interesting men we know. He runs the biggest premium social publisher in the world. It entertains millions of people daily. An incredible curator of content. The guy has a following of millions of people online. Campfire stories with uh, with this guy would definitely be interesting. And if you're listening to this late at night, ladies, honestly, he has the resonance of Barry White. We've got the lovely founder, the originator of what we see. The creator. The creator. The Facebook god. <laughs> Missan Harriman. Another incredible episode. Can't believe we've been able to go back to back with two incredible guests. And in this episode, he talks about his passion for curating thousands of pieces of content. He is literally a human library. It's true. He talks about how Facebook and social platforms may revolutionize and change the face of media in the future. And, and I love his story about him being hunted down by the US government for his insane collection of music and films. There was a lot of music and films and rest in peace, LimeWire. The king of building audiences, let's get right into it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Branchpreneur, everyone, and today we are very excited to be joined by the man behind one of the biggest social publishers in the entire world, Miss Ann Harriman. Welcome, Miss Ann. Give me up for you. That's a clap for you. There, there's no audience here, so I know we were all hoping for an applause there, but you have one in spirit. Thank you. Thank you. And, and we're very excited. I mean, we've known you for a little while now, and today we're going to talk a little bit about your journey what it takes to be a social publisher in this generation, and what you think the future of social publishing is going to be. Let's go back to that, the kind of the idea behind it, the passion behind it. I would say I was born different um, with a sensitivity that most young boys don't have. 
I'm Nigerian. Yeah. Was sent to boarding school in England in the mid '80s. Um, should have been bullied, uh, but was too big <laughs> to, to, to be bullied. And I guess being at the top of the food chain in terms of my physicality allowed me not to give a damn about fitting in. You must have been so, that like twelve-year-old that was like a. 25 year old. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> bit. yeah, I was shaving at nine. Did, did you not did you not play rugby? I was yeah, one of the best yeah, in, in we know the country, game. yeah, yeah, for my age. But I think I just didn't, you know, I didn't care much for that lad culture. Um, even though I was good at it, I was good at the the I could play that part if I wanted to, but it wasn't who I was and because I didn't need to fit in. I was like I'm just going to do what I love. And what I love was searching for a sensory experience that lifted me up, you know. Um, films meant so much more to me than most of the people I knew at that age. Songs would literally shake my soul. You know, I would make melancholic tapes of songs that would make me cry because I knew that that made me feel more alive than just lis listening to some shitty pop you know, um, and I quickly developed the reputation at school as a guy that everyone from like the tea lady to the headmaster would say, what film should I watch? What song should I listen to? In the days of R Price and HMV, mm -hmm. everyone had a little bit of pocket money. They're like, look, you know, what should I, what, what, and this is the, the, the time when people bought albums yeah. and will look at the sleeves and get really excited about listening to the whole album, God forbid, can you imagine? Um, <laughs> so you, were, you were an influence of content from early. Yeah, I was curating before I could spell the word. You know, my my sort of obsessions were different. You know, I gave talks about Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon as a as a eleven year old, maybe younger. Um, you know, about the lighting, how he persuaded um, NASA to give him the two Zeiss lenses that could see in the dark, point nine five, that were made for NASA, and then he converted them to to film the indoor scenes in Barry Lyndon. Um, that was what I was into when most people were reading Beano. So, <laughs> so so, he was even ahead of the low light Sony. Oh, forget it, forget <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, so so, and I think due to that, I'm very dyslexic. Uh, so the classroom wasn't my favorite place. I was frustrated. I need I needed faster inputs. So when the internet discovered me in the late '90s, it was a revelation because I could go on a go down a digital rabbit hole and uh, spend all my money on hard drives. I suppose starting with what we see, right, that was the, was that the first uh, Facebook page you started? Obviously you've got a network now, but yep. we started with what we see, right? Yes. And when we met you, I think, was it just what we see you had? Yeah. And <laughs> I think what were and, you and on? And a website, like, yeah. 100, 200,000 I uh, think likes? when we met, it was like 80,000 likes. Yeah. yeah. And now we are, what we're on now? Uh, that page has 1.5 million and the network has seven million followers the so rest of the pages yeah. wicked so we've got so. seven million across the network and i think you were at the i think you were do, how many minutes worth of views are you doing a week you, you were doing quite a lot uh, quite a substantial amount of minutes viewed for your eighty thousand. i remember that being our yeah i mean our, yeah our average watch time even today is is punchy it's it's over a minute and a half average view time on facebook which isn't 
normal. Which is insane. Yeah. I think when we first came to you and we were working with you on, I can't remember the campaign, but some of the other publishers we were working with at the time were averaging like 10, 15 second views on some of the content. And, and that's, then... that's not even bad. I think, I think um, generally speaking, eight seconds or above is, is actually industry standard, believe it or not. But yeah, you're sitting with over a minute watch time yeah, which is insane yeah, yeah. especially for facebook yeah which is very difficult to stop my thumbs that's for sure <laughs> what was your first websites that you were using when if you uh kazaa limewire um like everyone else you know we i had at least two letters of warning from i think the u.s government saying well no one downloads this much stuff you know and it was this much non-pornographic material yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it was very strange because you know that's like, a flag in itself right yeah yeah it's like <laughs> this is odd if, if it was just the vanilla stuff all the other boys are doing i guess uh they, they wouldn't have been so worried but um no really i again developed a relationship in my teens to be the person that people just djs would drop around the house to get you know mixtapes i'd done um, people will come with their hard drives and I'll give them loads of um, downloaded films. So I was doing it without thinking and it was a talent that I didn't know was a talent because no one told me it was a talent. It was just something I was into. My friends used to say, oh, you're so arty-farty, mate. You're so, you know, but it was just banter. You know, I didn't really think of it as a calling until much, much later in Well, life. I suppose there was no kind of platform to sustain or showcase that at those that no. time in the internet as well just hundreds so. of hard drives probably yeah yeah i mean it was before facebook became a media business you know in the early days of facebook it was just to connect with friends as, as you know in myspace um and what was the third one do you guys remember the third one bebo friendster no, no there's one more high five, five. so i'm talking high about high, high five. five yes <laughs> you're older how old are you ah. dan 34. <laughs> All right, cool. High five. That's your generation, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, was, I was the MySpace king, so... Yeah, Matt was that, MySpace king. That, that was it. Yeah. So, um, Facebook uh, then suddenly exploded. And that was a combination of data becoming cheaper for people um, to watch videos on before you can ever watch a video um, because it was impossible to afford it. And phones becoming more powerful that they could easily process kind of, you know, relatively high quality video files. Um, that really, a lot of people think it was just social platforms, but it was actually the devices that we're holding yeah. and the power increase that was so quick that allowed us to, to do what we do without thinking today. On top of that, um, YouTube's owner, uh, Google, failed quite publicly to build their own social network. Yeah. Um, and YouTube's never going to fail as a business, um, but it did give, I would say, a runway for Facebook to um, have an opportunity to own uh, the short-form, snackable video space. Yeah. And when and make it easy to share. Easy to share. They had the scale. Um, and it is not a criticism of Facebook for me to say that, you know, when these um, businesses are in their infancy, you get a lot of times what can only be called the lowest common denominator jump on. So, you know, low rent kind of, you know, viral videos exploded. Um, and the first generation of um, clickbait businesses came and went very quickly. Companies like Viral Nova, I don't know if you remember Viral Nova. Uh, but the person that really stuck to, you know, that, that had me pause was Jonah Peretti. 
when he was still working at uh, Huffington Post and he set up something you may have heard of called BuzzFeed um, whilst being a staffer at HuffPost. And he proved, I mean, almost before the platform that he built it on, which is Facebook, almost, um, that you could reach billions of people with um, uh, using digital human capital and almost no staff. Well, I suppose, like, for me, Facebook was the first, like, Facebook was the platform that would allow a real story to travel. Mm-hmm. With YouTube, obviously, it's a load of content going into a space and it's about getting discovered or it's about distributing it or pushing it to the people. But the nature of Facebook being a network thing where people, you know, are connected together, the fact that you can share an emotional story, very much like the the content we see on what we see, that was almost what Facebook was made for before it got arbitraged with funny videos and the other stuff, which is the kind of natural thing that you, you see fly around. But Because yep. you, you started on your own page at the beginning of, before what we see, you started sharing a lot of the content that you curated or the content you loved. Yeah, I was, a rampant, uh, I was a rampant oversharer. Yeah. Yes. And that became a thing with people. As my, a person. My friends person, are like, yeah. dude, this is great, but I need to show them my abs <laughs> or, or my watch or some form of narcissism that has gone nuts in today's internet. So I set up a group. Um, and I, I remember thinking I had arrived when I had 500 followers, um, which is funny. In the uh, group, yeah? In the group, in the group yeah. It, it was turned into a page okay. when only two and a half years ago when we turned it into yeah. a, proper, um, a, proper, a proper business. How did you get people into the group? Did you add them or did they just... In the old days, yeah. I mean, I had almost that amount of friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you could just... If you wanted to see my content, that would be interesting. Yeah, so it, was, it kind of grew quite quite easily. But I did nothing more than that. I did a post a week, you know, after that, and it was just it was just a hobby. Um, but what we see, the genesis of the business, was really about two and a half years ago when I, being an, an insomniac and an avid uh, consumer of content online, I got concerned. Really, really, like, seriously concerned as, at what I call the weaponization of mediocrity. And uh, that sounds a very highfalutin statement, but it just means there is too much shite online. Um, That people that are vulnerable are beginning to normalize in their own psyche, and that is not good enough. I've had a very privileged um, upbringing and childhood and uh, sensory experience, and so many of the most important decisions of my life have been made because of the experiences I've had in film and, 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 and reading and, and, and music. I don't take drugs because of one specific scene in Jungle Fever uh, where Gator, played by Samuel L. Jackson, does something that just just said, I don't need drugs in my life, yeah. you know? Um, so I want to bottle the sensory experience I've had, yeah. I had in my formative years, and distribute it to anyone with two things an internet connection, and an inquisitive mind. If you have those two things, our business, what we see, will take you on a journey that will shape your very consciousness. I love this a lot. One of the things that, obviously, we set out to achieve is to kind of uncover the brands that have purposes and the brands that have story. And I kind of like what your your evolutionary journey of going from curating content you love to this Facebook page. Like, the brand, what we see, even just from the name, is about what we see as, as as humans and I, and I love the fact that you're not trying to be a viral page you're not trying to go after you know arbitrage in that traffic or put in loads of crap content online that the what we see brand is about the statement and the intent of you we we would be 10 times bigger if we you know I could do a myriad of licensing deals with um, five UGC 
user-generated content businesses. So I get all the cat videos, prank videos, mm -hmm. and we would definitely have a much bigger, maybe even more engaged following, but we would be um, adding to the very concern uh, that I had when I set up the business. It is not a judgment for you to like things that are snackable and throw away. I like them as much as anyone, but it cannot be your whole consciousness. I will give this example. Taylor Swift, Shake It Off, is a very catchy song, but that cannot be your only music reference point. If you know and enjoy Taylor Swift, for God's sake, let me bring Joni Mitchell into your life. Mm. Know about Joni Mitchell, listen to Blue, you know? And I want to give uh, a, young, a young, young man and young woman that optionality because they don't know where to find it. They are drowning in the noise of the internet. So yeah. what we see is a, a life raft of curated excellence, the very best of the human condition. And that can be a viral video. It's not like we post viral videos all the time, but the majority of what we, we, we publish is purpose-driven, high-quality, photographic, long-form editorial, short-form video content that most people don't see anywhere else. I mean, you guys all follow our pages. You know the yeah. deal. I mean, no, I, no, I, I also say to people like, you know, you follow, yeah. have you seen that anywhere <laughs> yeah. else? And, you know, let me know if you have because you know, we're so, struggling to find peers. So we've got What We See. That's kind of the main platform under the What We See media group, right? Mm -hmm. But you've also got these other pages, which I think are, are very interesting, actually. So, like, I think one of the earlier ones I saw from you was the either the Africa archive or the Indian archive. Yeah. And I thought, actually, the lens that, the fact that you were curating a, a whole different culture, you, you put another lens on another part of yeah. the world, I thought was yeah. really interesting. It's kind of a testament to the brand that you're building as a Or it's a, a testament curator. to who I am. I mean, look, don't be fooled by this, this English accent. I'm a Niger guy, you know. Yeah. So I, I was born in, 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 in Calabar, in, 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 in Nigeria. And... Um, I've felt uncomfortable with the hyper growth of what we see, which had a predominantly European and uh, North American audience. And I was like, why can't we as a business deliver that same premium experience to people in developing markets? Why? why, why? They, They've got an internet connection. They have, they have inquisitive minds just like all of us. And uh, I set up the Africa Archive, realizing that so much of the recent history of the great continent I was born in um, is not being celebrated um, or brought to people outside of reference libraries or random Tumblr pages. So we curated a lot of those pictorial stories and it just exploded, you know. Um, when it hit like half a million followers in less than a year, I was like, this is not normal. Organic reach, organic growth. Um, and then I realized there was a business in the, the history of um, many of the big uh, parts of the world that um, for whatever reason, people are more focused on current affairs and news that is usually quite negative. So we now own the Arabian archive, the India archive, the Caribbean archive, the Asia archive, and the Africa archive. And they're all simple pages that um, initially started out as old pictures, uh, mainly in, in public domain, like 70-year-old pictures. Uh, so that's with, where the content's from, it's public domain. It's all over the internet, you, yeah. you know, but most people don't know where to find it. And we, yeah. we, we, we got a team of people that 
have curated this content, I curate it personally, and now we're getting universities come to us, literally, um, because their students are learning learning more about their recent history than they are in, in, in lectures. So the, the archive business, standalone, will arguably be bigger than what we see this time next year. Now, I didn't think about it when the business was set up, but the archive business possibly has a bigger commercial proposition than what we see. What we see is a dream for luxury, premium brands, travel, automotive, fashion, what have you. Uh, and we will begin to probably commercialize that side of the business post-fundraise because we're in the middle of a fundraise. But you have to understand, the largest English-speaking middle class on this planet is in India and sub-Saharan Africa. And that's the audience we have with the archive pages. Um, Huge. We haven't even scratched the surface yeah. of that. And um, it's growing faster than what Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Arabian Archive, again, half a million followers in six weeks, I think. Something crazy. Amazing. So just throwing back, actually, you're touching on the, the business aspect of uh, the group, the pages, mm -hmm. all of the pages together, which have obviously grown over time. When you set up what we see, you know, how... I, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have, have made Facebook pages fairly successfully, and then there's a lot of kind of buying and selling happening mm -hmm. online. But when you set out with yours the vision for the business side of stuff, mm -hmm. what was the vision there? Did you know that you could make money out of it if you grew stuff? Did you, if you grew your audience, sorry? Do you, did you know how, you were, how long it was going to take to grow the audience and how you were going to monetize it? Like, how, how did you plan for that? Well, the first thing is content-wise, I had no, I didn't know the rules. I don't, I don't come from publishing or a media background. So I did everything heart first, um, which gave an authenticity that just, resulted in massive organic reach. Then I learned about licensing and all the, the basics you need to learn about media publishing and understanding how Facebook likes things to go, which is sometimes very different from the original direction any business wants. So you have to do the, the Zuck dance, as I call it, and be able to keep your voice, your brand voice, whilst being nimble to algorithmic changes and everything else. Commercially, I've been obsessed with the old media houses my whole life, literally obsessed with Hearst and, you know, Condé Nast. I mean, Condé Montreux's Nass, when he set up the, the, the legendary business, it was because he understood that if you build a brand, a halo brand, um, the business will attract money. So... Everyone, when I set up what we see and it started getting a teeny weeny bit of traffic, said, you've got to monetize, you've got to monetize, you've got to put AdSense, programmatic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I said no, because I didn't feel we had a brand. I, I just felt we had, a, a, we, we had traffic, which is great, but it's not a brand. And now, two years down the line, I believe we have uh, the pillars of a really special brand and are um, getting into partnerships with businesses I, I can't name at this stage that certainly don't associate themselves with any old publisher, any old sort of uh, viral yeah. uh, video business. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if we had just rinsed traffic. Um, so my advice is have a purpose to the reason you want an audience. Don't just want... To build an audience. So did you start to, to what was your circumstance at the time? Were you working? Um, did you have a job on the side? Was it a side hustle? Because 
you were putting out a lot of content to... I mean, yeah, let's look at how much... When you first started, how many videos? In that video, an hour, 24 hours You're doing the Zuck dance. You needed to do a lot of dancing, right? You needed to prime well, that I think, algorithm I think up. The, the first thing I said in, in this, this conversation we're having is I was born to do this. Yeah. So I can barely write an email without making uh, 20 spelling mistakes. I have to use Grammarly yeah. to, to not sound like great a, a serial What a great app, app you know? Um, but what I can do, what my mind can do is store an extraordinary amount of information and curate it without um, ever forgetting why and what I'm doing in my mind. I don't, I don't take notes or do anything. You said you remember every picture that you've almost ever took in your head. Every video, every picture. I remember when I reposted, I'm, I, I'm, you know. So I was designed for this, so it was very easy for me um, my heart rate goes down when I'm doing this, actually. I, I, I get calmer. So, you know, I personally run 14 Instagram pages. I oversee 15 Facebook pages and four websites with a small team that helps me now. But initially, it was um, just me. For how long? Just you? Just me for about six months until I met, I met Camilla, who you, yeah. you, you've yeah. both met, and I call her the co-founder because she was the person that said, Miss Anne, this isn't normal. Um, the way my friends, my family have reacted to everything you post isn't normal. You know, that you, you really are posting things that no one is really seeing elsewhere on the internet. And, you know, we want to make you learn, laugh and cry, preferably all three. And for whatever reason, the internet then, and in many cases now, is not looking to do that. Um, and she was the one that made me believe that, you know, maybe more than my immediate circle of friends would react to it. So fundamentally, what we see is the business is plugging the algorithmic reach of social media into my mad mind. Um, so it wasn't work. So when you're asking about how much I'm putting out, that's, that's, that's not work to me. No. I'm sharing um, little pockets of emotion that I've enjoyed experiencing with you. That's not work. Yeah. That's like breathing. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm sorry, this is how I No, feel. no, I like it. You that's know, that's it, how it should um, be. And I think that's what comes across from the way you speak and the way you tell your story. Yeah. It's just, I, mean, I guess, looking at what it took to get to that point, because obviously people are going to be watching this going, well, I've got a Facebook page, but I post a video a day. It doesn't work. You, I know the, the work rate you're talking about, or the, the storytelling that you were yeah. doing. It's not for everyone. It's not, yeah. It really isn't for everyone. I would say... If you want to be an influencer, I have no idea how people do that. That's not what I do. No. Uh, I, I help storytellers. Yeah. If you're the best violinist in Reykjavik, I will find you and work damn hard to make sure people hear your God-given talent. Yeah. That's what I do. You know, I, put, I find the best of the internet and figure out the, the, how to package that experience to you who do, doesn't have the time to look for it. Um, and, 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 and that is a, the modern way of having a curated experience. So we are an endless library, endless art gallery, what have you. So if you're not passionate about getting a Facebook or Instagram um, following for your business, then you need to pay someone that is or find, have a, a cousin or friend that truly is. Yeah. It's not, it just isn't for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, d d you know, don't force the issue if it, it, it feels... A lot of people can spend a day stressing over what one post is. Clearly, that's not your calling. Yeah. You so did you, I mean? you, did you 
have some funding set aside when you started this up to hire people? Did you take on a seed fund? Mm, well, no. Initially, it all grew. It grew to about sixty, seventy thousand followers, uh, very fast organically, and uh, loads of traffic on the website. And then I met the person that is now uh, the seed funder, and he again once met me and wanted like the future that what we see is trying to paint and he believes in the purpose much more than the, yeah. the views and the and i and i think um that's the best kind of seed funder that you can get someone that 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 knows us growth but sees that there's a genuine um interest in something uh more uh than oneself even more than the business so you kind of met the perfect investor in terms of like your vision support you and the brand yeah and at that point did you have just what we see or were you was it multiple pages like no. where were we in the journey then like no it was what we see the website instagram page and uh facebook page so how, how long in was this six eight ten months we've got well from then we went from zero to seven million in two years across the network yes and did you use some of the seed funding to acquire some pages like so we used the seed funding to Basically, with Facebook, you can pay to uh, get growth on Facebook yeah. pages. So with some of the smaller pages, we, we tested things like boosting pictures, boosting videos, doing light campaigns. And the reality is, across the network, 94% of all our growth has still been organic. So sure, we spent money, but the, the majority of the growth has still come from... Um, the byproduct of a of a post going viral, I hate that term, yeah. is followers. So um, basically, it's the attention, right? The yeah. organic attention that you receive yeah. is what. But it of... helps when you have a lot of pages because we cross share and, yeah. and that helps grow small pages. And yeah, it's it's been. Um, I don't think the age where you can grow organically the way we we have will, will, will last much longer. Facebook is maturing as a business, and they understand the power that they have res with respect. I. I think if if I was them, I would I would make it a little bit harder, which they are, you know. Yeah. Um, and big brands, not necessarily publishers like like us, uh, already have almost no organic reach. Yeah. You know, you can look at the Coca Cola page has a hundred million followers and has like one like on a post. How's that possible with a hundred million followers? Have you been? Um, have you kind of felt the effects of Facebook's algorithmic changes? Have you like? Well, I mean, not as not as much as a lot of people in in this similar space to us because we've always been publishing purpose-driven long-form content, which is the direction Facebook's heading. Yeah. So if anything, uh, with a bit of luck, we should be rewarded for what we've been doing before it was even a thing, if you know what I mean. Um, it's, it's uh, as I said, Facebook's maturing as a business. And, it, you know, Sheryl Sandberg wants it to be a place where it's, you know, purpose-driven conversations uh, are being 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 had within the content that's published, and that's exactly what we were doing from the beginning. Yeah. So you we know, started like, that way. That's yeah. How you so it wasn't a thing for us. It was our calling from the. Very I think beginning. the great thing about from when we met you is when you started the fact that you were licensing all this content, yeah, like yeah. finding great creators on Vimeo. I mean, what was typically happening from the other Facebook pages that I followed at the time, they were recycling the same content. It was low rent viral stuff that was either very cheap to acquire from. Or uh, stolen, yeah. Or, or stolen. And I think 
there was a couple of pages that we were looking with at the time and I could see that the flags were coming. I think I was a page admin on one or two and I used to see the flags on a daily basis and I was like, wow, there's no licensing happening on this page. But you, on the other hand, you were actually licensing and doing really clever strategic yeah. deals on, yeah. on that side from of the From the very beginning, it was, it was important to have express permission even from a you know, like a bedroom filmmaker. Yeah. We would make sure they understood. And we also make sure for those type of people that we weren't owning their content. Because the sad thing is I've met a lot of filmmakers that have gone, have made a video and got really excited about it and didn't realize that they've given the rights to it, yeah. to, to, a, to another business. Yeah. And what's so we, great is actually you're giving a voice to them because there's so many amazing film oh my God. creators let alone YouTube, but on you know, Vimeo is like a hotbed yeah. of amazing, incredible cinematic talent. And yeah. you're kind of giving them a platform which, without, without being on Vimeo, it didn't exist. They deserve to be heard. Um, and it's sad that we, we are in an internet age where you can wear a bikini um, uh, every day and photograph yourself and have more followers than people that are doing great content, extraordinary yeah. things. Um, yeah, it's insane. That, that will change how you view your own life. Um, and whatever Instagram says, the reality is that so much of um, that sort of over-sexualization of the female form, particularly, is rampant on, on, on Instagram. And it's, yeah, the algorithm definitely doesn't reward someone that... I'll go back to the violinist that does amazing tear-jerking violin solos. Um, if it was a complete de democracy and everyone saw that content, I think those kind of people would have massive followings, but they never ever tend to do so. So I'll, I'll leave you to figure out how, how the algorithm works. And out of all the stories you shared, is there one that you kind of, that stands out or there's a piece that, you know, you think... Uh, Dean, Dean Dyson, you know. So, you know, um, I was uh, strolling down Guildford High Street, heard this, this voice, pulled out my, I think iPhone 6 or 7, I don't know which one it was. And I was with my missus and I said, we got to film him. And we filmed him uh, live. We live streamed him direct to... Our Facebook page it must have had six, seven hundred thousand followers then, and it went bonkers. I think we've done three live streams with Dean and have had a combination of nine million views. Wow. And Dean's a man who I would presume, and please forgive me if I've got this wrong, Dean, uh, that he is in his late fifties or maybe early sixties, who has as much talent as any great, you know, pure vocal songwriting talent. He's just on the street. On the street, Busking. he's not a homeless man. He 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 looks after his beautiful wife and 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 son uh, through his passion of music. Uh, he plays on the high streets of Guildford and Winchester most weekdays. And for whatever reason, you know, you know, you you both know the music industry. I think thirty years ago it was between him and Billy Idol, and they went for Billy Idol, not him. And he's just kept kept to his his passion. And to see a man old enough to be my father. Um, know his worth through the comments. Forget the views, the comments um, of Dean's, of people react, people I don't know, people he doesn't know reacting to Dean's performance is what I'm most proud of. Um, to, 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 uh, I knew how good he was, yeah. but to let the, the rest, the collective internet um, also agree with me yeah. is, is, is the reason why I do what I do. I I, I'm, I'm, I'm way more interested in doing that than having a, flipping picture of my watch. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, or trying to do a selfie of me in a private jet. And I guess he wouldn't have you expected know. it. So he would have woken up the next day, maybe. He didn't even know what I was. I mean, in the first video, he's like, okay, publishing. He thought he was talking about music publishing. He had no idea. And then he got an email out of the blue saying, you're amazing. And he's like, why is someone saying I'm amazing out of the blue? And he didn't even know I had published. He didn't know what was going on. And we've become dear friends. And um, he's had many, many opportunities um, ongoing with people in the music industry um, that ha have now seen his talent through what we've seen. He was um, interviewed by the BBC yeah. and it's ongoing. And, you know, again... These you are know, sparks that you've... And I'm never going to I'm never gonna leave Dean alone. The, the, you know, the, yeah. moment, the moment we, we get the funds we're planning to raise, I, I definitely want to do a, a beautifully um, intimate um, concert with him. Yeah. And what was, the, what was the moments when people started to kind of reach out to you to collaborate or work with you? Was there like a tipping point where you had, I know, I know you've worked with a few of the labels and music-wise, mm. was there a point where people started to reach out to? Um, I think it's all organic. Uh, you, you kind of, you, all you need is one music manager that, that, that sees how many um, people from his community are sharing content from one page all the time or um, singers that uh, he's been after on an A&R &R side and, and he sees that uh, we're banging on about them doing edits because our website does loads of editorial pieces on up-and-coming talent as well. So we're a dream for a music uh, label because we're kind of like a free A&R source for yeah. them as well. And there are many... Musicians that I'll dare say we've we've led labels to, um, and that's our job. You know, it's 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 it is our job to to give someone with a lot of talent as much chance of uh, the recognition uh, he or she deserves. So I think that happened about six months into um, post post seed um, that we were getting. So we, we at that point we were doing like a million videos a day organically um so if you're doing that kind of making that kind of noise online you you get attention Insane. there's value in that yeah. so just going back you you're talking about um you're going into series a mm -hmm. so you're raising investment mm -hmm. i imagine that is so many miles away from when you started out and you were first building the <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to like what is that what is that involved because there's a lot of people out there that don't that obviously can do the seed bit of investment and that's one thing, but Series A sounds like from follow, trying to lock you down for a podcast in the last two weeks, yeah. it's been absolute carnage, right? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's the business growing up. Yeah. You know? So um, we have a, a new CEO um, who um, ran a, a very serious tech business um, before coming on this crazy journey with me, which is great. Because so he's joining you to help raise the seed or is he's, that... Is he's that... CEO of the business. Okay. So he is a grown up in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I am the mad creative person and he is a person that talks... So you're, you're assembling a team almost from your seed round to get yeah. you to series yeah. So we have a great board um, of the, the, some of the, the industry leaders in publishing and luxury... Um, in in working for the unicorn tech companies that have all in in agency the ad agency world that have all put uh, their names you know on the board to say this this really is the way publishing must be um, and we are going out cap in hand if you like to tell our story to a multitude of potential investors range, ranging from media companies to um, high net worth individuals. Um, to the agency land um, as well, to let them know who we are, what we stand for, and whether they would like to go on this journey with us. 
we have proven by the hyper growth in the last two years that the universe likes it, the audience loves it, and there's no ceiling to our growth. And the viability of the commercial proposition is what uh, is the next stage of what we're doing. And is that solely around advertising as a product or is there IP-based things that you're betting on? Like, How, how have you built out the Well, C-band? this is the whole thing about building a brand. When you build a brand that people want to be associated with, you can do all sorts of things. So the, the lowest hanging fruit is advertising, branded content to be distributed across our pages. And I think that's a first uh, port of call for uh, the initial commercialization of, of this great audience that we have. Well, I suppose there's, there's massive brands out there like the Burberry's, the Louis Vuitton's of this world yeah, that I mean, are spending so much with the Condé Nast yes. and the fact that you're sitting here with a page which is equally premium in terms of proposition, but you know, you, you guys are way stripping them past engagement and the amount of attention that you guys have. So it's, it's got to be a no-brainer. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with anything you just said. Um, and I would go further to say with the brands that um, we're talking to, um, they see the halo effect of being associated with what we see, even more than views. You know, we did a case study for a drinks company. and um, So you've already been road testing the commercial proposition from an advertising It's been fantastic. And the comments on our page for the same content as they published on their page was night and day, you know, which is really important to a brand. On top of that, we've done a, a landmark deal with CAA Creative Artists Agency, and we're one of probably the only UK publisher ever to do a deal with such a big Hollywood giant. Yeah. And they are our exclusive North American branded content sales agent. And if you can imagine the reach they have, that's very good for us as a business. And they also... Um, can see a future where the what we see brand lives outside of social media, where we are doing awards, where we are packaging shows with our brand associated with it, with companies like Netflix and Amazon, that sort of thing. So um, with the brand that we have and we are always continuing to build, we want to be the global ha- household name for high quality content, whether that is on an iPad, on a social platform, on a a VR headset, it makes no difference to me. Yeah. It's about the experience. If somebody very smart creates a new Facebook that has a gabillion reach, we can take the very essence of what, what we see is and plonk it there. So we're agnostic on where the experience is and want to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, so we're not tied down by platforms at yeah. all. So it's a really uh, compelling proposition, right? We've, it's almost like you've got the dream proposition, but how, how dreamy has it been taking it to the Series A round? Has it been a challenge? Like, well, we're, 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 we're only three weeks into that journey, right. and you certainly learn to get beaten up um, by people that rightly don't give a damn about um, your own view on changing the quality of content. They're business people, a lot of people that we meet, and I respect that, and they want to they wanna know how they will get a good return on their investment. Um, but saying that, we, it's been in three weeks in, you know, we have some great interest from, for some really mar- marquee companies that understand our calling, and I think in the current, you, you know, post-Weinstein, current Trump universe, a lot of businesses are happy to see a purpose-driven, uh, hyper-growth platform that has a moral compass. Yeah, I mean, in the truth something. area, you are the truth. You are the well. The, you know, it's it's. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have kids and they they're worried about the future. I have a six-month 
yeah. girl, and and I, 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 my daughter, you know, Bella is, is a is, is is even more concerning for me now to make sure that she has a place where um, she can lose herself in digitally and come out a better person, uh, and that is a legacy yeah. that we will leave. We must leave yeah. uh, um, for for everyone that has those two things, an internet connection and an yeah. inquisitive mind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. What's been your biggest challenge so far in terms of kind of across the whole board. So there's like a couple of things that I think about when I, when you look at these platforms, like building in Facebook's back garden and not being able to sit from a monetization point and a business point outside of Facebook. I know you guys have got the website, but mm -hmm. with website traffic declining, mm -hmm. like, is that something that worries you? Like, how do you navigate those questions? Because I imagine that investors are, are potentially I, I, flagging yeah, the same things. Yeah, of course. You know, how, how, do you, how, how do you feel being so reliant on Facebook? And the answer is, is really... Show me where their scale elsewhere and we'll build the business there too. We're everywhere. We're on all the other platforms. Mm. But like every publisher of today, the scale is within Facebook's walled garden, if you like. Yeah. And luckily for us, we have a product that Facebook, if what they're saying is the truth, is turning the, 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 the trade winds, if you like, of what Facebook wants to be as a business is exactly what, what we were two years ago and are still now. So, you know, if we were a pure lad kind of, you know, viral creation, it would be more concerning for us as a business because they've publicly said that they're kind of turning away from that direction, but that's not who we are. You, you know, we are purpose-driven um, and I can't think of any um, social media platform that would be horrified to have the what we see experience uh, on <laughs> within their platform. I mean, and they're going into video is their thing. You you do a lot of video for yeah. the content. I mean, how much video versus what is the ratio? What's your? I mean, it's we publish a video every hour um, on most of the pages. On the archive pages, it's more pictorial. Yeah. Um, we found that pictures still do very well in emerging markets. Data is 
is is not as readily available. So pictures, you know, people are more comfortable engaging in pictures. V videos, we've tested videos in the India and Africa archive and they're killing it too, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but initially we started with pictures. And you've been working on live stream? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we work with a, a myriad of different partners. Um, we did Emily Sande's EP launch, which is amazing. Exclusively? Yep. Great. Six, six song uh, set, um, live streamed, a couple of hundred thousand views. We have our own original show called Your Five, which we've interviewed Emily Sande, mm. James Bay, yeah. Naughty Boys, you know, a lot of real... So there's real some things. original content coming yeah. through, which is about diversifying. Yeah, but, but even our original content is purpose-driven. Your, your, your Five is, is linked to my personal relationship with um, possessions. So when, when I was younger, I had a, a situation where a lot of my possessions when I came back home after after... Uh, for half term had been thrown away and it really had a, a effect on my mental health. And for years, maybe 20 years, I didn't care about possessions. I didn't have that emotional relationship with possessions. And also, as someone that watches the news, I'm deeply affected by forced migration that's happening all over the world. So your five is a combination of both and asking someone if they had to leave their house today, now, you had to leave your house. And what are the five things you would take that you you can carry. So not your flipping piano or your yeah, iMac. Yeah. What are the five possessions? Yeah. You Matt would take? carry the iMac. And 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 no no, <laughs> no, no, no excluding excluding uh, humans and pets. And so what's your five then? We have to go. Well, well I think like, I think beyond the, my five, I think yeah. more more seriously, I think it's it's if you look at the famous singers that we interviewed yeah. and what they said it was extraordinary because, you know, Emily was talking about very personal things linked to her, her relationship with her father. And then Naughty Boy, I think the last answer he had was a chocolate bar. And <laughs> you see, everyone laughed. But the, uh, that was the last I thing. Can, I can just picture him saying that. That's, but, 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 a bag or something. No, but it's so, interesting because I'll follow, I'll follow up with saying it's the last thing his sister left before she died. Yeah, so that that's how real it gets, yeah. you know. So that's your five, you know. Is is to and none of this is promotional. They're not right. flogging their next bloody yeah. Spotify stream, and by doing that, they're giving a far more honest reflection of who they are yeah. to an audience that's sick of being told to go and check out Spotify and SoundCloud. Yeah. So in essence, that's a a better promotional tool than the actual music. Again, player. you're showing the human side of them. That's so, so, so I'm just saying, side. even when we, do, when we do original content, there is, there is, there has to be a purpose yeah. to it. Yeah. And is, is there more plans um, for you to become the content curator, but also the content maker? Is that yeah, something no, no, that you'd I, like yeah, to Yeah, absolutely. Do? There's a lot that's on the NDA at the moment we can't talk yeah. about, but we have a limited TV show um, that we're talking about with our, our friends in Hollywood. We have another... Uh, music live music show that we're working on with uh, a, one of the major record labels in in Europe, and we are being flooded with scripts. Um, Can we not finally get rid of the Rude Tubes on Channel Four and actually have yeah. something that really is uh, great? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think true we, 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 we can have a we can have a, another uh, podcast about about TV and the content that they are still commissioning. Well, let, um, we can just quickly touch on, I mean, where does, where for you does content go now with, let's talk about TV and online, where do you think the future lies on? Uh, I think TV is going to morph and is morphing into a multi-screen experience. Um, so the brands that some of us only knew on Sky and on terrestrial TV 
are going to be apps. You know, that's the first thing. So TV isn't going to die. It's going to morph into a similar experience to yeah. what we already experienced with Netflix. But the, the problem is, is that <clears throat> the, the unicorn owners have such huge checkbooks that they can deliver a mortal blow to TV as we, we, we know it. There's one recently um, where there's a, uh, I literally forget what it's called, but they've just, um, a group of Hollywood big channels have come together, overnight unicorn and built this mm, massive platform. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, Katzenberg can do that and we'll see how that goes. We, we um, are watching them very closely. Yeah. Um, but what I mean about mortal blow is more, if, you know, if Mr. Amazon <laughs> feels like it, he can buy the rights for the premiership for the next 10 years. So could Zook? Yes, and the rights to F1. And if you ask any average person that watches Sky TV whether they would continue subscribing without F1 and football... Other than Sky Atlantic and maybe movies... But no, no, but no one cares. The only reason... The, you know, eight, you know, Game of Thrones yeah. was yeah. Sky Atlantic. The rest, most people have Netflix yeah. for everything Absolutely. else. So I wonder how many people will continue with their full subscription of Sky without F1 and and uh, and the Premiership. And that is something that it'd be gone. Hasn't happened yet, but I mean, seven billion. I think the Premiership rights were uh, last year yeah. for the last season and. Spare change for the tech Spare boys. change yeah. for Bezos, yeah. right? Spare yeah. change. Just going to quickly throw back to the challenges. Like what, on your journey so far, just to give people an understanding of, you know, what, what can we learn from this? Like what have been the biggest challenges you've faced on the way? How have you overcome them? Is there any products or things that you couldn't have lived without in mm. order to help you get over this? Yep. Like we mentioned Grammarly, that's obviously yeah, so massively important. With my dyslexia, dyslexia and I, I, I'm not promoting, I am not paid to, to promote anything, uh, is Grammarly has been very good for me for writing grown-up emails um, and 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 um, giving, say grown-up yeah, <laughs> grown emails, giving me the confidence <laughs> yeah. to feel. You know, the internet's been great for me because all my weaknesses, I found a way of propping them up um, through, um, you know, whether it's YouTube tutorials, whether it's apps that just help. You know, no one is perfect, and I'm certainly not, and. Um, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? So I, I, I didn't. We bootstrapped this business initially with no money at all. Mm -hmm. So we, there's no choice. WordPress, amazing. You can one man can set up a website, can reach millions of people, learn how to use WordPress, and understand the techniques of WordPress and self-hosted websites and all of those things. And I just, if I didn't understand something, no joke, I'll just get on YouTube and there's somebody that understands it, that explains it in layman terms. Just do that. Just spend your time. The internet is an endless resource <laughs> of how to do things, yeah. right? And that's what I did. Anything I didn't understand, SEO marketing, Google Analytics, understanding how to schedule things properly using page manager, rights, I'd learned about copyright law, all of those things are there. They're free resources. You don't have to go to university to understand that. You don't have to pay an expensive consultant to understand that. Just get on the internet and listen, listen. And, and also, you know, some people aren't great readers. And I think a lot of very talented people have been limited in the opportunities because before they had to read things. But now with Audible and podcasts yeah. and, and YouTube, where it can be a more audio-visual experience rather 
um, rather than you actually reading things because the mind processes things very differently. So I, I, I enjoy reading books, but I actually read most of my books now through listening to them and audible and I can go through a, I can go through a book a week. Yeah. I could never do that reading yeah. normally. Yeah. Um so so just think all... there's a fundamental difference between actually seeing words and soaking them in. This is something I've been thinking about recently because I, I I don't read books anymore because mm. I just physical it's just uh it, yeah. it's just a friction experience whereas audible in it, there It's your mind. It's and and we can't everyone's different like Camilla my missus needs to read. She can't do audible. So everyone is wired a little bit differently um i i just think if you know what your weakness is the internet will find a way to fix that for you and that th so you asked me what has been the great experience of building this business is not getting anxious if you feel you're you you have a weakness in the trajectory of the business and finding the answer through using the very internet you build the business on and when the business matures a bit mm is as a founder knowing your weaknesses and finding team members that come in that um, have the strengths you desperately don't have and need. You know, that, that's a massive, massive thing. And self-awareness is very hard for a lot of people. Like people don't have the understanding of that and think that they can take everything on, but it's great that you've recognised that and you're filling the gaps. I know through some of the people you've hired, you've yeah. made some great great acquisitions from a staff point of view to kind of plug those gaps. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, how many founders stories have you heard where they think that it's, it's mine, mine, and do it this way? No, there's lots I don't know, yeah. right? So I need to find people that know it. Yeah, and uh, also, I think, know. We, you know, we've touched on this, you're a solo founder, really, but then you talked about Camilla being really important to your journey, yes. having that person who probably went, I believe in this as much as you believe in this, because I think that's important from a, a lot of people start these big tech businesses with three, four people. But I think people don't talk enough about, um, I think there's a, a horrible thing happening on the internet at the moment and it's, I think it's being called hustle porn where everybody thinks that unless you're working 15 hours a day and you're going through pain, you're not, you're not going to get anywhere and I completely don't agree with that and I, I do recognise the fact that you need to have great people around you and that's, it's family, that's strain on a relationship yeah. like in, in today, if you're going to build a business, you don't want to compromise your personal relationships with people because of your business. You, you, there needs to be a balance. So I think from my conversations with you, you're definitely not an advocate of this hustle porn and that's quite refreshing. No, I mean, if, me. if you yeah. follow me on my personal page, it's, it's dogs. <laughs> dogs and babies. <laughs> babies. So it's, that's a huge, that's, and I, that's my life, you know, yeah. um, that is my life, you know. Fiddling with lots of code and it being valuable in the big scheme of things doesn't compare to me not being there for my daughter. You know, mm. that's just the bottom line. And you, 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 you have to understand that the, 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 the offline world of stolen moments and laughter and friendships and, 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 and dinners and holidays can never be replaced by anything the internet will give you. Mm. That's, that's how I feel. I, I agree, I think. I've, I've definitely seen the shift, personally, and just in the circle around me, like this whole idea of just sticking in front of your phone and living every moment on Instagram. One of the reasons why I've pulled back from Instagram is just that, like living yeah. in that moment. Screen time. Screen yeah. time's actually a brilliant thing. I think screen we've time. spoke yeah. about this once. Yeah. Like, screen time's changed my life because when you see that shit written down, yeah. that gets scary real quick to yeah. think that how many hours you've yeah. lost doing bullshit yeah. and I'm not allowed my phone in the bedroom and you know Camilla I salute you for, for forcing me 
to to do that because it's it's you know it's it's just one of those things that you can you can end up not talking to your partner and staring at the screen till you hear the other half of the bed snoring. Yeah. And then you continue staring to the screen until you pass out. A lot of couples are like that. Yeah. Every day. How was your yeah. day, darling? None of that. No. None of that. And she's like, no. You know, if you want to be on your phone, you don't want to be in this room. And um, I, I think a lot of couples should, should subscribe to that. You know, we, we have an old school alarm clock because I use, I use I she, she's Swedish, but there's some African blood in her. Because <laughs> I, I said, no, I need the alarm. Mm-hmm. Next day, Amazon arrives, alarm clock, <laughs> old school. So I can't even say I needed to wake up. So she got me good. Yeah. Let's, let's just touch a little bit on some of the tech. I know you're into your tech. I know you're into your products. Yeah. I know you're not so much into that possessions were that important, but we all do a job and, and tech has helped us do a better job. What are the things that you, you use? People might be interested in how you are able to run the business. Yeah, I mean, I haven't thrown it away, but I don't use it because I upgraded a year ago, but my, my horrible rose gold color, <laughs> wasn't really rose gold, with one USB-C, the cheaper, MacBook yeah. I got. I've always used built on that business. I, I mean, know. I remember coming to see you at Little House and you had this big table, this round table. It's like, where's Miss Anne? I come over to you and you've got two PC laptops, you've got a rose gold MacBook yeah, Air, you have three cameras. three cameras, you have an iPad, you yeah. have your phone, you yeah. have another phone, you have headphones, I'm pretty sure you have a speaker. And that's, <laughs> Two external, and literally you yeah. are a mountain of tech. Yeah. And I thought I was no, a tech no, I'm a tech. <laughs> um, I like gadgets, and I make them work for me. I've, um, I tend to have at least a, uh, a PC, Mac, headphones, uh, iPad Pro, um, uh, two cameras on me at all times, at all times, and two phones. Um, I need the phones to do what most people do on phones, but I also manage um, the Instagram pages. You can have five-ish Instagram pages per app. Mm. So I have 10 <laughs> on the two phones <laughs> and then five on the iPad that I manage myself. Wow. Um, I have pages manager on all of those as well. Um, and then lots and lots of apps. Uh, the repost app, which sounds really basic, but it's very useful if you're an Instagram publisher. I'm not great on scheduling because I feel that if you if you schedule too far ahead you miss the you know I like to to be in in a kind of real-time situation when I'm publishing things which means more pain for me so when I meet lots of social media managers and they're like oh I've got everything sorted for next week I'm like you don't really care about what you're doing as much as I do like I want to sweat a bit to make sure I'm also, feeling what I'm feeling. And also culture changes. Like you're, you're, you're reactive and just that this, this might work today because yeah. it's, it's the right day for it. Or, yeah. you know, you know. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, I mean, the devices we have are amazing. One MacBook Air um, is powerful enough to, 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 to build a multi-million dollar media business. Yeah. That's a crazy thing. Yeah. Do it on your phone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the phones are even more powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we talked a little bit about life, work, family balance, maybe for the people watching, what's the kind of, do you have a routine? Is there a routine that you stick to? Or is it, no, because like, people, you're habitual. Like, you know, you. I know you work hard, so what are the things that kind of you think will work? I'm pretty bonkers. So <laughs> Camilla manages my my existence in terms of, she's Swedish, but quite Germanic in nature. So she whips me into shape. <laughs> I live 
I mean, fridge doors open, I'll leave remote control outside. <laughs> I, my mind doesn't deal with details. Mm. You know, details to me are just things that are my way onto I listen to some beautiful music or watch a film. That's how my mind is. Everything else, I just don't really care for. Yeah. So I'm lucky that fate brought me to this incredible woman that can see the madness and doesn't want to get an Uber and run away from me and <laughs> has taught me to grow up in how I am around the household. Yeah. Um, but having a child yeah. has been amazing for me and it is painful to, to, to be in this early stage of her life whilst doing a fundraise because I've been in four different countries in the last three weeks and have barely seen her. I leave the house and she's asleep and I come back and she's asleep because of her routine and there's nothing I can do about that. So weekends are huge for me and we, mm -hmm. you know, spend as much time together, early morning walks with my crazy giant lion of a dog, Nelson, <laughs> uh, my firstborn, as I call him, uh, my Hungarian Vishla, who um, changed my life getting that dog. Um, my mental health was greatly improved because uh, dogs don't, don't believe any bullshit. They don't give a fuck how many followers you have, mm. uh, you know, your, your, your reach. Yeah. You know, they want to feel, give, and receive love. And they also can sniff out a BSA a mile away. Um, so when I have had difficult moments in this, this journey, um, you know, going on a walk as the sun has just risen mm. uh, with an animal whose instincts are ancient, yeah. is about as good a medicine as any man or woman could ever wish to have. Mm. And then the arrival of my daughter Isabella um, was also a lesson in what really matters. And if what we see and my endeavors for whatever reason don't work, I um, have my sanity and my health and a uh, beautiful family to fight the next good fight with. So my advice to anyone who's listening to this is, don't break the law, swing the bat, and don't swipe the small stuff. Coffee, how was the coffee, Miss Anne? Yeah. Matt, so funny. <laughs> it was very good. It was very, very good, sir. I, um, I bought my posh thermal thing to, uh, to show off to you and you, you've outdone it with proper artisanal coffee. Thank you, sir. So I did actually go to Ozone Roasters, uh, my favorite roastery in London, bar none, and got the Empire Roast, which I thought was fit for a media king building a media empire. Try. I, I would, I would, if, yeah, if, uh, if this was Game of Thrones, I would say, yeah, in the next episode, let's hope um, I somehow uh, avoid some of my siblings and, <laughs> and, 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 and find an area in Westeros that I can, I can, I can uh, have this empire you speak of, sir. <laughs> so every entrepreneur, someone building a brand, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Is there anything that you can kind of talk about that maybe there's a mistake that you've made that you've learned a lot from? Um, I think you have to stoop to conquer in life. So I wouldn't know if it's, I call it a mistake, um, but I think in the earlier days, I was so sure that I knew exactly where the internet was going. And in hindsight, I didn't have a bloody clue, you know, because yeah. who has that crystal ball? Yeah. So that was a mistake to, to, to have the business completely um, kind of tooled toward, towards um, a future that never happened. 
um, in terms of uh, algorithm changes, the very the decline of reach on websites, and we quickly changed that. And our whole business model now really is being nimble. Um, we were always nimble from the beginning, but like anyone, you kind of felt you had some idea of where things were going and they didn't necessarily go in that way. And I think um, if you don't know um, something, then be honest with yourself and your colleagues and try and figure out collectively the best chance that um, you can give the business in, in, in being prepared for an uncertain future. And one of the interesting points from an investor point of view that a lot of the investors that are interested in us is the fact that we are nimble and that we are able to um, adjust faster than most media publishers just because of how we learnt in a very bootstrap manner yeah. to, to, to have to survive. It's in your DNA. It is, yeah. it and, is. And I think there's not going to be many publishers out there with a billion views that are as lean as you and as incredible at being able to shift and move. Yeah, you know I mean, definitely. I mean, it's the big mistake is thinking you know it all, yeah. <laughs> basically. And, you know, with a little snippet of success, uh, a lot of people suddenly think they are, you know, some kind of prophet of the internet. And I've learned to keep stumm. I've been in many rooms where I've had, as a business, 50 times more reach than anyone in that room, and I've been the quietest person in the room. Well, um, we'll talk a little bit about the future. We won't go too much to predict it, but if there is a vision for, for what you're doing, mm -hmm. let's, you know... Where do you see it where do you see 10 it? years? Well, I think it's linked to what I've just said. Yeah. Who knows, you know? <laughs> but let's... Let's build a business model that will be able to exist in any version of the internet that presents itself. So literally, if we're all prancing around in VR suits, um, I want that to be, you know, in a concert hall, you know, listening to Leon Bridges, and then you swipe there and you're suddenly at the Montreux Jazz for a festival, you swipe there and you're suddenly in Kinshasa, you know, listening to live performances from before you were born in, in HD that make you feel like uh, you are part of a time machine. You know, if we want to take it there. Amazing, I love that. that. You know, it's yeah. a really so, vivid picture of your brand and actually a testament to what you're creating with the brand because yeah. I believe that story because I believe... Yeah. Well, next year we're going to do listening parties. So you know how people have um, silent discos? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have what we see initially for potential clients so they come in, I don't say a word to them, yeah. and they, they don't speak to each other, and they sit down in a comfortable seat with headphones, and they have an audiovisual half an hour experience that will leave them in tears. Um, and I think that's more of a powerful uh, version of who we are as a business than me telling them how great we are. You know, let them truly dive in. Most professionals in the media industry are so busy you know, that they don't really have time to truly bathe in great content. So that's what I force right. upon you. You know, the amount of pitches I do where at the end, and I'm not, this is not showing off, but literally half the room is in tears. Not because of me, because of the content. I have actually forced them because they sat down and I'm like, look at this six minutes short. It will break your heart. And that's, 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 I didn't make that short. I just led them there. That's yeah. a premise of the business. What do you think about uh, Facebook 3D photos? Uh, I did one, and all my mates are like, "What's that?" <laughs> um, because they didn't they didn't know about it. It's fun. Um, I'm trying to figure out how that would apply into a, a scalable business 
for a publisher. It's definitely a fun thing to do with family and friends. Um, and uh, I think if you're a travel blogger or a, a highly picture-based influencer, you could do some cool stuff with it. Absolutely. I've only done it twice, so I can't say I'm a pro at the 3D photos thing. But it's smart technology, you know, using the front and back cameras and then software to play with it, similar to what Apple are doing. You know, it's great. Cool. Let's round off with a couple of quick questions then around uh, some of the things that you've learned. And we can we'll start with this one. So um, I know you read a lot, but... If you well, I listen to a lot. Same thing. Listen to a lot of words. Listen to a lot of words. One for the for the for the for the fans of what we see out there, and for the people listening, for entrepreneur. One, maybe one book that you would recommend everyone should. I know you probably got a list, but is there uh, one that you I'll do three. Okay. Um, I think um, "Once Upon a Secret," the Mimi Alford story, is something everyone should read, male and female, about. Um, a young woman that had a very disturbing affair with JFK um, during the Camelot days. Uh, and she waited till she was in her mid-70s to, to tell the story of, of how, um, I think she was 16 when they first met and they had this relationship for many, many years. Extraordinary book. The second one is, I think, should be in the curriculum, Sapiens. Uh, where do I start? I mean, it's just, um, when I read Sapiens, I felt so many of the questions I had, but didn't know where to find answers or so many things that were seemingly obvious to me now weren't onto after reading it, yeah. touching on religion, touching on, uh, capitalism, touching on evolution and how us dodgy buggers, the Sapiens yeah. are, are the 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 commanding and destructive force on 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 Earth, yeah. and the who is Mike Ovitz is the third one, which is a story of the founder of Creative Art Creative Artists Agency CAA, who we are actually partnered with. Now that's a hustle, yeah. you, you know. This is a guy which four or five guys left William Morris and set up um, a multi-billion-dollar media entity on their wits, literally on their wits. And if you're an entrepreneur, you need to you need to see how he turned Steven Seagal from his Kung Fu instructor into a major movie star. That's just That's one of him. Just yeah. one of the things amazing, he did. Amazing, you know, amazing. so check out those That'd three. Be great. One um, of my favorite YouTube channels at the moment is a channel called Kurzgesagt. I, I don't know if you've have you come across yes, Kurzgesagt? Have, yeah. have you seen that um, they did a partnership with Sapiens to create a uh, condensed animated version but, but of that, sapiens and absolutely yeah. incredible yeah. incredible it's it's um a smart way of doing it as well because it leads you to the the full book yeah exactly great piece of native content but also just the way that they tell stories yeah. simply and just for you as well as a content creator that's just such a great channel yeah. that picks up such a variety of different yeah. topics and, and animated infographics like real life law all those amazing, amazing. Yeah, youtube pages definitely and, and last but not least uh Someone that maybe is an entrepreneur, a brand builder that you've looked up to that you kind of go, wow, that's somebody that... There's only one. It's Quincy. Man like Quincy. It's, as we say yes. in Nigeria, he's my old guy. <laughs> he's the chief. Uh, Quincy Jones, what a life. Um, somebody who clearly had huge talents, has huge talents, and wasn't afraid to um, be the first to do anything. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Obama talks, 
says without him, you know, none of us would have believed to, that we could have got to where he, he got to. He was a world-class um, conductor, composer, uh, from classical music all the way to um, bebop, R&B, jazz, pop. Um, produced Thriller, yes, but more importantly produced Off the Wall, which is, yes. in, in my opinion, a better album believe it or not. Um, and if you look at the team he assembled around Michael Jackson, they were all the best in their own fields. It's as simple as that. And he also saw MJ in a different way than anyone else. He yeah. didn't just see him as the youngest member of the, well, not youngest because Jan, but the, the youngest male member of Jackson 5 that could dance a bit and, and sing a little bit. He said, you're bigger than this. Just as he did with Oprah Winfrey and Will Smith, just as he did by persuading a Jewish man, Steven Spielberg, to direct arguably the finest all-black cast film ever made, uh, Color Purple, which if you haven't seen, you, you, must, you must see that film. Um, and then TV soundtracks, movie soundtracks, um, the ability to care so much that when he, during the East-West Coast rivalry, when he actually got Suj Nye and, and Dr. Dre and Pac and everyone together, he, uh, he started crying, you know? Yeah. So yeah, he's my idol. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. We'll round it up there. Miss San, thank you so much. You were truly inspirational. What we see, where can we find it? Where can we find out more? People don't know about you. Um, yeah, just we're on most places. We have uh, a lot of pages on Instagram. So just type in what, what we, we see. see. With three E's. With three E's and it will lead you to the Love Archive, India Archive, WWS Digital. Um, Facebook page, got 1.5 million followers, pretty easy to find. The website is the purest form of what we see, so check that out, whatwesee.com. And generally, um, email us if you have any ideas for further inspiration at info what we see. We remain at your service. Amazing, Miss Anne. Thank you very much. No worries. Cheers. <laughs>